Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast around simplifying for success. Simplification requires discipline and clarity of thought. This is not often easy in today's rapid-paced work environment. We've invited a few colleagues in data and information governance space to share their strategies and approaches for simplification. Today, we will be talking with Odia Kagan. Odia is a partner and chair of the GDPR compliance and international privacy at Fox Rothschild. Over the past few years, Odia has assisted more than 80 companies from US-based multinationals to startups on their path to compliance with EU GDPR. Odia is certified as a fellow information privacy FIP by the International Association of Privacy Professionals, IAPP, a designation signifying comprehensive knowledge of privacy and data protection laws. She's also certified by IAPP as a Certified Information Privacy Manager and a Certified Information Privacy Professional in the laws of the United States, Privacy Sector CIPP US, the laws of the European Union CIPPE, and by the PECB as a Certified Data Protection Officer. Odia is an adjunct professor in Drexel University Klein School of Law as part of its JD and Master of Legal Studies programs, where she teaches upper level courses on cybersecurity and privacy regulation. She speaks regularly on topics of privacy, information security, at a variety of industry and professional events. Welcome to the show, Odia. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Today, we'll be talking about cookies and consent. There is a lot that is happening in this space. Almost every company now has implemented a cookie consent tab in their browser to address the privacy issues. Do you think it's working? Depends what working means. Um, do you mean companies are, you know, companies that are trying to comply or tearing their hair out, trying to figure out what that looks like? Um, then yes, <laughs> then it's working. I think that it's it's a complicated issue because what's happening is I think number one, companies are becoming, especially on the US side, companies are becoming more aware that cookies are a thing and cookies are a thing that gets enforced. And while that may have been kind of a gray area that was unexpected, uh, it's no longer that because the California Attorney General issued a report of enforcement after one year of uh, the California Consumer Privacy Act, CCPA, having gone into effect. And in that report, they outlined a number of enforcements that are centering around uh, cookie compliance, specifically in the context of do not sell, of uh, cookies potentially being a sale, uh, targeted advertising cookies, maybe even analytics cookies being a sale. And so on the U.S. side, there is cookie enforcement uh, under CCPA. There is cookie enforcement under COPA, the Children's Pro Online Privacy Protection Act, with even with serious fines issued. And then on the EU side, so now we have cookies have been a thing for a long time, right? The e-privacy directive is um, is not new, but there is a lot more awareness and enforcement. We've seen a lot of enforcement out of Spain. We've seen enforcement out of France. We've seen guidance on cookies coming out of a lot of the DPAs. And so um, there are fines being issued. And on the other hand, um, the compliance is not easy because those, the guidance of, because cookies transcend borders, 
And the guidance of the various DPAs are not exactly aligned with each other. And so that also creates its own challenge. So even from a consumer perspective, right? So I, even when I'm in the US or when I travel to Europe, one thing that I notice is that I'm bombarded with a lot of options to choose. If I have a denial, maybe I understand and I'm able to click that and say, okay, don't track my cookies. But for the most part, I end up accepting because it's for a person who deals with privacy, it's overwhelming. So it doesn't work well from a consumer perspective as well, right? I think that this issue of the banners and the the so-called consent fatigue is a real issue. Um, The... ICO in England, I think both the outgoing commissioner, Elizabeth Denham, and the incoming commissioner, John Edwards, both said, you know, even they click, I agree, because like, it's just frustrating. And sometimes you don't know what you're doing. And sometimes it takes time. And sometimes the options aren't clear. I think that there are a number of issues here. Number one, is a banner or a cookie management platform with preferences, is this the best solution? If it is the best solution, even then there are there is a question of how do you operationalize this banner in a way that actually works for human beings? And what do I mean? I mean that the Um, The point of the banners is to provide individuals with control or with choice, because the idea is in Europe, right, under e-privacy, you need to get real consent, real consent now meaning the consent GDPR style, meaning informed and um, unambiguous and freely given, So you need and, um, you know, even kind of privacy principles and on the U.S. side, um, control or choice, right? It could be an opt out, but you need to still understand what it is that you're opting out of or what it is that you're not opting out of. And the question is, in the current formulations of these platforms or banners, do we get to that result? So one thing that, you know, Keneal in France and um, Noib, um, the nonprofit organization, is, uh, is Keneal is enforcing and Noib has issued a number of complaints about this to encourage enforcement is the ability, for example, to reject all in the first layer. Um, the Noib enforcement had in their website, they have uh, a helpful infographic of like eight things that they are looking for in the cookie consents. Um, and some of them have to do with, you know, description of the third party sharing or the absence or presence of dark patterns in the consent process. So the question is, if you when you have this interface, right, is it by design or by accident causing you to click I accept to agree all. And what is the way to actually resolve that problem? If either by making the banners better or by finding something that isn't kind of banner or cookie center specific. 
So you mentioned the UK data protection chief talking about, you know, cookies, right? So she recently issued a statement that she is in favor of a browser or a device level setting to allow internet users to set lasting cookies because the barrage of consent pop-ups continue to infest websites and it's just impossible to, you know, even if it's very clear, it's impossible to sort of manage that. Do you think it's a new direction or have we gone down that path in the past? Has it worked well in the past? Or do you think that is, you know, even if, you, you don't think about the past, you know, uh, the future might be different. Do you think that's a good suggestion to come up with device level or browser level settings as opposed to cookie banners for each website? So I have a bunch of thoughts about this. I think the first thing is the concept and the one big takeaway that I have from the banner initiative and from the UK, the digital culture uh, media sport um, ministry um, the data unlimited initiative. I think the main and the really helpful takeaway is that it is a good idea to take a fresh look at things. It is a good idea to think about them. It is a good idea to think outside the box. It is a good idea to um, uh, consult with individuals and stakeholders and understand what the concerns are and what the possible and what the pain points are. So I think that is a good idea, right? The thinking and, and you know, the, the, the thinking anew or the thinking outside the box. I think the idea of a device or browser-based consent is not a new one. Um, you know, DNT is one type of um, such solution that was uh, that was advanced. And I think other tech solutions like the TCF protocol that is already you know implemented and a lot of work was done on it is also there. Um, I think so the second, so I don't think it's a new idea. Traction wise is interesting because DNT obviously did not take off. There is a new um, pro, there is a new uh, technology opt out, the global privacy controls, which have recently been endorsed uh, by the California Attorney General in the CCPA FAQs as a way to comply with the CCPA opt out. So this trend of looking at browser and device based uh, opt outs or consents is a trend that we're seeing in a number of directions. I think the issue is kind of multifold. Number one, I think to your point, collaboration and general acceptance is I think a really important component in making this work because when, so for example, the global privacy control is not um, is not recognized by all browsers, for example, right? So you have the solution, but not everybody's on board with it. So that's an issue. Um, and so in order for this to work, you need collaboration across, you know, technology and in the industry. Then the other question is, so, and this is sort of an open question, for example, under CCPA, right? The opt-out that you are supposed to give is an opt-out of a sale, generally speaking, so an opt-out of the sharing. And so is a browser-based solution for a specific browser for sharing by a website or something on a browser um, that is limited to that browser, is that 
uh, you know, the best way to comply with it? And if not, right, what other ways are there to, to do it? So, so you, you talked about this, but one of the things, yes, is to come up with this technology standard organizations or some way to have a coordinated approach across, I don't know, all the countries, because you probably have what billions of websites that we're talking about. Do you think that it's even possible to have a coordinated approach to handling cookies what are some of the bigger challenges? It is just, is it just browsers not accepting it or are there more, is there more to it? You, you talked about conflicting rules, for example. Um, so the, con- the conflicting rules, some of them are, for example, about how to obtain the consent and should there be a reject all in the front layer, et cetera. I think that the issue is, the, the issue that's creating the problem is more, is even deeper than that. The main, so, so the, the, the cookie banners or the cookie management platforms, right, they are supposed to be a vehicle in order to carry out number one, transparency, right? Which the disclosure requirement under the California law, under the US laws, the, the, and, and the, um, and, and under like California and the US, you have the disclosure requirement and you have the opt out requirement. In Europe, it's disclosure plus consent. And the question is, when you look at the definition of consent and the implementation of consent, which, which we've seen, for example, in the, you know, the, the Norwegian DPA's decision on Grindr and similar decisions, right? Consent uh, entails, and, we, and one of the important components of it, we've also seen it in Keneal enforcements, et cetera, is consent includes third-party sharing. Third-party sharing in the context of cookies, in the context of online and ad tech and real-time bidding involves sharing with a lot of third parties, right? You, I mean, I've called it like the angiogram of you know, data sharing, right? Because when you have an angiogram and you live with the, with the dye injected, right? You see it going into all the veins and the sub veins and the sub sub veins and like going into a bazillion tributaries. And that's what it looks like. And so now the question is, how does this work with the sharing? Do you, are you able to, as the publisher, are you able to know where the data is going at the time you are disclosing? If you do know or are able or are able to figure this out, is it the is it helpful for me as the individual to know these fourteen hundred companies? Like, do I know that? Do I am I able to differentiate differentiate between them? Right. I mean, the, the, it needs to be the consent needs to be meaningful, and so the individuals need to know what's going on. Is the disclosure of the specific names and and like like where GDPR requires is that helpful to me to make my decision? Is it not helpful to me? Is there a better way to you know gauge consumer the consumer intent? Right. One thing that I saw that doesn't pertain to cookies, but it pertains. There was a study that was done in the U.S. I forgot which organization did it, but there was a study that was done trying to gauge people's. Um, 
perceptions with respect to data sharing. And according to that particular um, survey, people were not that concerned with sharing when the purpose of the sharing was, for example, you know, research or the public benefit or something like that. And they were concerned, you know, for with, I don't know, with respect to commercial gain. Um, are they, are people more concerned, are people concerned at all or more concerned when you have, you know, analytics or audience measurement or, um, or even, um, targeting for first party optimization. Like I am taking on the information in order to make decisions about myself or, or, you know, is it limited to third party sharing for other parties purposes? And are people concerned with all sharing for all parties purposes? Or are they, are there specific issues that need to be addressed, which are more problematic, you know, definitely like, geolocation, sensitive information, using information for things that have impact on the individual. We're talking, you know, all the things that we're talking, we're reading about profiling, automated decision-making, um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the case with the Monsignor that was outed through a precise geolocation, like those types of things. These are the things that definitely people are concerned about. And the question is, what is the best way to make that happen so that people actually, you know, consent or don't consent to the things that matter to them rather than clicking accept all or reject all is reject. I mean, maybe reject, uh, accept, maybe reject all is safer, but is that what people really want? And then when you do the reject all, right, what happens um, with, uh, models that include, you know, cookies as a way to not um, charge for the service. So I think that's the complexity. The complexity is not whether or not, you know, I can click or not click. The question is whether or not these, you know, banners and things, and what is the way, what is the way to operationalize true uh, consent of the individuals? So, yeah, what do you say is true? I was reading a study about, and I was actually surprised by this um, information, which is um, some uh, one of the websites actually published a study where they felt like consumers were more willing to give email than physical address. Um, maybe because one, the assumption was that you, because with the email, you could at least have some options to auto delete or move the data to a junk folder. Um, but somehow they were more, they felt that the physical address was more sensitive. So it, it was something that was surprising because I would have thought that physical address is, you can go to a directory and find that. So, um, but I, I do want to um, ask you, and this is maybe a complex question. So I'm going to talk for a little bit. Is it partly the company's understanding of what is being shared. You talked about this various tributaries of data, like where, you know, once it starts here, it goes, you know, and it keeps going. And most of the time, the understanding of how much the data travels is limited, especially beyond the immediate uh, party to which you, to whom you share data. So that's one. Or the complexity of, even understanding what is confidential, because yes, we understand that social security number is confidential, 
But do we understand sensitivities around individual data points? Like for example, I mentioned name versus address. The third is also, maybe I know everything um, about how the data is traveling, but how do I communicate that in a concise and easy manner? Um, something that is so complex for even me to understand, you know, for the purposes of providing consent. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of want to take this in the context of the recent fine issued by the Irish Data Protection Authorities on WhatsApp, where one of the statements they kind of talk about is they had failed to provide clear, transparent, sufficient information concerning its processing activities. But what is clear, transparent, and sufficient? Because that that's the, the I want to focus on those three as opposed to just the fine or what WhatsApp did. But what are your thoughts around how to make it clear, transparent, and sufficient from a consent perspective? So I think it's a very difficult question. And I think that it would be helpful, number one, to get more guidance, but two, you know, the guidance that we have, and we have guidance, for example, and that's one, so a couple of things, right? We have guidance on, you know, what it means in the cookie context, right? From a number of DPAs, right? We have the Keneal updated guidance that they are actually now have a notified um, that they are enforcing. They also had a, uh, the, an enforcement project where they um, enforced, uh, well, they sent letters of non-compliance to like 40 companies and then like 30, they said 80% came into compliance and then four needed a time extension and four didn't want to do it. But so we have guidance, right? Some guidance on how it works. More guidance is always, you know, helpful. The question is, you know, the guidance says you need to identify the third parties with whom you are sharing. Okay. So in that situation, right? You said, what is the information? How do you reconcile information with respect to, you know, 500 companies that you're sharing with, with the overall principle of the transparency, um, which is provide the disclosure in a way that is helpful to the consumer? Because the WhatsApp thing also said, you know, this needs to be, what is going on? And they were not talking about cookie sharing there, but one of the things they said about transparency was you can't have 50 documents. You can't have five, you know, five different places to click and having like shoots and ladders until you get to the conclusion. You need to make it understood to the consumer what is actually going on with the data. And now the question is, as with respect to the date, to the sharing, right? When you specify 500 companies and you're like, well, this is an analytics company and this is an analytics company and this is targeting and this is audience measurement and this is this, does that one, is anybody going to read 500 companies? Number two, is anybody going to really understand the granularity? Number three, out of the 500, maybe like 50 doing the, are doing the same thing. Um, so, so the question is, what is the best, is this sort of granular description of each company um, getting you what it is that you want in the, is this in the old language, remember of the data protection directive that said, you know, add such other things like article 12 had this thing and such other things which are helpful to the consumer to understand, right? So is this 
you know, the way to get the consumer to understand, number one. And then number two, those that are, you've probably seen, there's a huge, like, you know, buzz around this right now on surveillance advertising. So there are those on the flip side that say, you know what, why are we even tackling the best way to paper the sharing that's going on? This sharing itself is a problem, right? And, and, and the sharing is a problem I don't know, maybe generally, maybe in the way that it's done, et cetera, right? But it's sort of, that's the other end of the, the, the both ends of this equation are number one, should all of the data be collected? Should all of the sharing happen or should there be limitations on the sharing, right? And how do you do that? How do you limit the sharing, number one? And then number two, after you're left with whatever sharing you're left with, you know, is, is detailing all of the names and having people scroll, scroll down through vendors, right? The best way to do it? Or is there a better way to do it? No, I agree. Uh, yeah, I focus on this clear, transparent and sufficient, right? Because in the context of cookies, what we do find most of the time is this f- list of 500 vendors and a lot of information and a lot of detail. But at some point, you know, it you still don't understand what exactly is happening. <laughs> right. Or how to choose um, your your choices, how to make your choices, and reduce your the sharing of your information. So, so let's talk a little bit about Google, right? So they have obviously announced that they are going to um, stop third party cookies or sharing data uh, with third parties, and they are suggesting um, other ways to replace cookies. Do you have any thoughts on some of the new proposals that have been, or at least I, I, I would say that are outlined and that are being experimented with in terms of uh, a, a new way of sharing information without invading privacy? So let me talk about that generally without addressing, you know, specific, you know, initiatives of specific companies. I think there's a couple of things that I, a couple of points that I want to mention about this. Number one, in the wake of the so-called cookie deprecation by Google, everybody's talking about the move to first party data. The move to first party data, um, a couple of things about that. Number one, um, is that better? Are people going to be, you know, is that going to be, more helpful to companies or people going to be more, you know, happier to part with that data than something else. Um, Number two, when you're talking about first party data, you're not really, I mean, you're sort of, you're not solving the, the problem. That's not like, you know, the end of the, the end of the discussion because first party data is data too. And if you're collecting it via cookies, um, then you have the same e-privacy e- considerations. And then if you are, you know, collecting emails, right, you, you still have for both of them the same considerations. You need a GDPR legal basis. You need a legal basis for sharing. You need to do data minimization. You need like all of those things, right? So first of all, first party data is one thing that's being considered. First party data, number one, all of the issues are left there. Number two, a lot of smaller companies are gonna have a harder time relying on first party data because they because it's more difficult and more expensive to do. A lot of companies don't have a first party relationship with people anyway, and so they can't get access to first party data. And then the next thing in the because of this, and because of 
um, because of this and because of the you know issue with smaller companies to leverage these solutions, there are there is discussions about sharing data, right? Uniform ID, sharing data, etc. And so here again, uh, really one really important to note that when the sharing data is again subject to GDPR. Number two, there are these there are new solutions, right? Like clean rooms and things like that that enable you to share data without um, in, in ways that kind of minimize transfer, minimize iteration, sometimes you know, use a pseudonymized, a pseudonymized information, et cetera. And those are, you know, and and, and tech solutions that you know reduce risk are a good thing, but they are not the holy grail because even when you share information in that way or you give access to information, giving access to information is sharing information too. And all of the issues with disclosure and legal basis and maybe consent, et cetera, they remain and they still need to be, uh, and they still need to be operationalized. So we talked a lot about, you know, GDPR, some of the, um, you know, we talked about CCPA as well, especially cookies enforcement in the US through CCPA as well as through COPA. But if I'm in a company operating in the US and I don't have operations in Europe, do these decisions that are being made in Europe about cookies matter to me? Should I pay attention to it? If so, why? Or if not, why? I think that this number one, like, you know, the, the, if you're a US based company with no EU presence, et cetera, right? Like one supposedly query whether e-privacy applies to you on the one hand, on the other hand, there are statements by the EDPB um, and that talk about the fact that uh, using cookies and trackers and, and things could be monitoring or tracking you know, the behavior of individuals. So the question is, right, what, if you don't have an EU presence, I don't think that's the gating item. The gating item is, do you have a, you, an EU usership? Are you, are, you, you, are you deploying cookies in the EU on purpose in order to do something, in which case it may matter for you? If you aren't, and you are completely US-based, and you are not targeting the EU in any way, I still think that either you or your um, data protection council should pay attention because, and this is something that's really been helpful to me in my practice, is I think the U.S. system, the U.S. laws are newer, especially in this context of the cookies. So CCPA, cookie enforcement, is new. Um, the other laws are not yet enforced because they're not yet in effect. And I think that anything, the things that we can learn from the EU, right, the problems, the issues, the issues with the consent, browser consent base, the issues with transparency the issues with the, the opt-ins, I think we can like learn and repurpose them because a lot of the issues are common, right? The disclosure piece, right? Figuring out how to disclose the cookies sharing to individuals in the way that is most effective for them. That's an obligation under the U.S. laws too. So it may not be that the U.S. regulators are going to interpret it in the same way as WhatsApp or Keneal, right? But, you know, it's going to give you some idea as to what the issue is, as to what, what, what may work and what may not work. 
um, the opt out there and, and the issue, for example, of dark patterns and dark patterns in connection with cookie banners, dark patterns in connection with the, the opt-ins or the opt-outs, that's actually been flagged specifically by the California Attorney General um, in the final statement of reasons and in um, the last iteration of the California, the CCPA regulations, talking about the prohibition of using dark patterns as part of the opt-out process um, of, of sale, right? Including the opt-out process of cookies. And so this thing, if we get insight into, you know, dark patterns from similar instances in Europe, I think that would be helpful to us in the U.S. to understand. And by the way, but vice versa, right? The Federal Trade Commission had held a whole, you know, workshop on dark patterns and is probably going to issue some report on it. And that obviously, and that conversely, can be can be helpful for Europe in talk in in figuring out dark patterns and how to you know uh, in how to not how to make sure that you don't deploy them. Any other closing thoughts? I think my closing thought is I think that the first thing is that number one you know cookie consent and cookie disclosure and cookie solutions are complex. And it's something that should be on everybody's radar, including companies in the US. I think number that's number one. Number two, I think it's like, you know, there is a, um, a, famous, um, a famous Buddhist nun, Pema Chodron, who has a, a statement about, you know, self-development that says, start where you are. And I think it, it applies here, right? Start where you are uh, and, and, be, and, and improve, right? If you don't have a good disclosure, then if you don't know what cookies you have, then figure that out or figure out most of it and then keep figuring it out. If you don't have a good disclosure, then get a better disclosure. Think about whether your disclosure applies to if, if regular people read it, will they understand? Look at your, you know, opt out or opt in interfaces and think about are these helpful for people? Are these, you know, trying to get a solution and prevent people from opting out or, you know, cause people to opt in in a way rather than presenting the options in a way that is that is objective, right? Like try to do the best that you can and 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 with the with the with the transparency and consumer control, individual control as principles. And then, right, once you get there and you're ready for the, you know, a paper of cookie compliance, then yeah, if you have presence in a number of European states, then you want to look at the different guidances and figure out which way you can weave yourself into, into them. So I think I think maybe if you, we want to have a, a one takeaway is it's complicated, like the Facebook relationship status and start or start where you are, like the, the Buddhist um, uh, idiom. Thank you so much. Great information. Appreciate you participating in the podcast. Thank you very much. It was great to speak with you. Thank you.